Hi, little D's. Welcome back to Barely Bearable. I'm your host, Danny Romanello. That's me. Man, I miss working. I Yeah, you're right. I'm jobless. I have no job. So I, I kind of treat this like my job, you know? I give myself deadlines. I wake up for this. I, I, I'm expected of myself to be done at a certain time, XYZ. I try to do it I try to do 30 minute episodes. It's fucking hard though, but um, I'm I'm having fun and I, I love being busy. So this gives me something to do. This gives me a purpose. So um, yeah, so thank you for listening once again. Um, what can we talk about? So we're mid-October right now. I love that spooky shit. I know you love that spooky shit. I've just been drowned in horror i didn't you know watching so many different horror movies i just recently watched a good one urban legend so great i i haven't seen that in years um actually funny story i remember going to the movie theater with my mother because i was like i want to see urban legend too well she took me and there's a really scary scene and i i screamed and i i was like mom i was probably nine yeah i was nine at the time yeah my mom used to take me to these movies because i begged and i was like mom i'm scared and she was like that's fucking it and she fucking dragged me out of that movie theater and we went home and she goes this is disgusting how could you watch this shit in her defense it was a really graphic scene where a guy well, the murderer uh, takes a kidney out of this woman, and she wakes up in a bathtub, and it, it's it's disgusting the scene. So it's Urban Legend two, and um, I haven't seen it since. So I'll probably give that a whirl this time without my mother in the room. But um, yeah. So I just been on that spooky shit lately. So um, uh, today's episode, I already recorded it. I talk about a murder. Um, so I don't know. I'm thinking about next week's episode already. So let me, let me sit on it. That sounds weird coming from a gay man's mouth. You know what I'm saying? Cause that means something else. Let me sit on it. Okay. I'm not going to talk anymore. So enjoy the episode. Okay. Of that spooky shit. We're going to talk about, I guess, murders. So, um, I first heard about this murder, last year and I, it just stuck with me it really I guess freaked me out so god I have a long notes this is the John List murders okay so this takes place in Westfield New Jersey um, John List was an accountant they him and his family lived in a mansion in Westfield New Jersey like I just said um, with his wife and his three teenage kids, and his 85-year-old mother. John was a quiet, religious man, very soft-spoken, and very polite. Hi, guys. Let me interrupt really quick. That means shit. I don't care if you're polite and super religious. You're probably a serial killer. I'm just saying, most of the time, you hear about these murderers. They, you know, they interview the neighbor. Well, he was the nicest man. He used to go to church with me every Sunday, and he was just... The sweetest, most soft-spoken man on the block. Well, you know what? He has ten heads in his fridge. What do you think of that, Pam? So it's just... (laughs) That's my spiel on that. So just my thing is don't fucking trust anybody. I don't trust anybody, okay? Your, your, Your neighbor could be a murderer, what I'm trying to tell you. 
I remember, I'm pretty sure it was the murderer, Jeffrey Dahmer. They interviewed his neighbor and um, she was like, I had no idea. He used to change my light bulbs every month. He was a very nice man. Are you sure you got the right guy? I don't know why I'm giving her a New York accent. I just think they're better. Um, but yeah, so he used to change her light bulbs. She used to let this motherfucker in her house. And not to mention the BTK killer. Um, he killed like, I think 15 women and like some kids. And he ended up being the head of a church. So don't trust thy neighbor. (laughs) You see what I did there? Uh, um, the week of November 9th, 2000, I'm sorry, the week of November 9th, 1971, um, the schools of the kids got notified that they're not going to be in school for the next month because there's a sick relative and um, they need to go take care of them. So Patty is 16, John is 15, and F- Frederick is 13. So the house was vacant for like a month and um, the neighbors were noticing that the lights um, were on and they were slowly but surely blowing out. And they were, you know, they grew concerned, like, what is going on? They knew that um, the family had left, but they thought that the mother, the, the uh, John's mother was home, who was 85. Um, so they were concerned. So almost a month later, police were dispatched December 7th. And, um, you know, no one has seen the family in over a month. So the police rang the doorbell with no answer. Police grew very concerned for the old woman, so they entered the house through an unlocked window. The mansion was very dark, and the creepy part was there was classical music playing. No one was answering, and police were very creeped out about this. They found a huge uh, bloody stain in on the kitchen floor. The police continued walking to the ballroom. You know, I guess it's like a foyer, an open foyer. They moved the curtains to find four bodies on the floor. The All the bodies were in sleeping bags. Their faces were covered. And um, it was it was the mom, Helen, and the three kids. They all had gunshot wounds to the head. But um, John, who was 15, the other, the, you know, the son, he had multiple gunshot wounds. Police called back up. Uh, they, ini- they initially thought it might have been a mass suicide, you know, or a mass murder. There was two people still missing in the house, the father, John, and the 85-year-old mother. So they were, they split up to look around this big mansion, which was very dark. They were very, you know, scared, to say the least. They didn't know what they were going to find. So they found John's mother, Alma, upstairs in the attic, which she Uh, appeared to be shot in the head at point blank range but the father was missing they found um but they found a five-page letter addressed to his pastor john admitted to the murders and he said he was facing bankruptcy and he had to kill his family to spare them from the sinful effects of poverty which that's so fucking weird and he said i and i quote at least i'm certain that my my family is going to go to heaven now, which is so fucking weird. He ended the letter with, P.S. Mother is in the hallway of the attic. 
she's she was too heavy to move downstairs which um this is fucked up but it kind of made me giggle for a minute because that's so rude like that's so shady that's like one last like you already shot her you already killed her you're gonna fucking throw shade at her and letter to the police so publicly this is public they're gonna say it on the news that she was too heavy to move so i thought that was kind of bitchy you know like what the fuck i would be pissed like not not only did you kill me but you're telling everybody that i'm fat like that's that's what you're doing so just for that john list like that's so fucking rude and fuck you so fucking creepy so police launched a nationwide search for for john because he murdered his whole family um they found his car at kennedy airport and um it had been there for over a month. Um, the The issue was he could have been anywhere. Because did he fly somewhere? Is he still in the country? Did he kill himself? No one had a clue where he was. And the creepy thing was, before he left um, the house, he got rid of all photos of him. Which someone, I forgot who, but someone found one photo of him. But I'll get to that later. So originally, John was going to kill himself before he killed the f- his family, but it was a major sin. So suicide is a major sin, but murdering five of your family members is not. Killing three of your kids, your wife, and your mother is not a major sin. It's just obviously you're not dealing with somebody with a full deck of cards. I mean, come on. It's fucking ridiculous that he, I can't with that. He just wanted a new life, I think. I just think he wanted to start over, you know? And um, he, I think divorce was, wasn't an option back then. So he thought instead of divorce, because divorce is a sin. Oh, they're Lutheran, by the way. I'm not really sure what that is. I think it's kind of like Christian. But back then, people didn't get divorced. But um, fucking decides to kill his whole family. Unreal. So back to the morning of November 9th, 1971, John made breakfast for his kids. Um, they're, you know, they're teenagers. I already said that. Um, he waited for them to leave and then went to the shed and got his guns ready. His wife, Helen, um, came downstairs, greeted John, and she was about to make her coffee when he shot her in point blank range in the head. John then went upstairs to his mother's apartment because it was a big mansion and she had her own wing of the house, I guess, um, where he, he greeted her. She was um, eating breakfast. John gave her a kiss. Hello. And she says, John, what was that noise? He goes, I'm not really sure. It was in the backyard. So she turns and he shoots her point blank in the head. So creepy. He then um, went downstairs to clean up his wife's murder, moved her body to the ballroom. He started writing the letters to the school saying that the kids are going to be away for a month because they have to take care of a sick relative. I forgot the location, but which is fucked up. He then goes to the bank and takes out $2,000 from an account he shares with his mother. So I did the inflation so $2,000 in 1971 is roughly $16,000 he took. So the kids start coming home one by one. Um, the first, the 16-year-old Patty came home first. 
he snuck up behind her and shot her point blank in the head. Second, Frederick came home. Frederick was 13. Uh, John also snuck up behind him and shot him in the head. He placed the kids with the mother in the ballroom. I think this part is probably the most fucked up part of this. I mean, it's all fucked up, but I think this is really fucked up. Hear me out. So, um, John was waiting for his, his oldest son to come home. Then he decided to pick him up at school. John went to his son's soccer game and said he played a really good game and it's really seemed like he was having fun. It's like, meanwhile, his whole family is shot dead at home and this poor kid has no idea that his dad is about to fucking murder him. So they went home and like, like all the others, um, John's son was walking in and he put his gym bag on the counter and John shot him in the head. But um, younger John didn't die right away. His body was pulsating and jerking. So John panicked and shot him 10 more times. So John claims none of his family members suffered. And he even laughed and said, how compassionate am I? There was an interview with him and he had talked about it, which is disgusting because it didn't seem like he killed his family. He didn't seem remorseful at all which is so fucked up you just killed five of your family members he then um after killing his last family member he uh put his wife and kids dead bodies in sleeping bags next to each other so after he murdered his entire fucking family he ate his last meal in the house next to his five dead family members he even said having been in combat where you would be fighting, you know, a war, um, he would come back with his, you know, sh- soldiers and they would eat together. He said that allowed him to eat peacefully with all the dead family members in the room. I mean, picture it. This man is c- probably covered in blood because, you know, he was doing some cleaning up and some, you know, moving of the bodies. He is he killed his kids. I mean, this is so fucked. And um, he, I'm curious, what did he eat? You know, it's like, did you have something red? I don't know why I, I would find it creepier if he ate lasagna. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like brains and all that stuff looks like, you know, lasagna or like eggplant rollatini. So maybe mine just looks like eggplant rollatini. That's my brain. But um, because it's like, I don't know. I, it's it's that color. It just it's skeevy. It's nasty. Or did he have like, like I don't know, like a pierogi? I'm just so curious what he ate that night. Danny, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He killed his whole family. I understand that. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, I'm curious what he ate that night. You know, it it, it matters to me. Does it matter to you? I'm just curious what someone eats after they kill their whole family. I mean, that's, it's just weird to me. Like, wouldn't you be like more concerned being caught and like getting the fuck out of there or something like this man is all types of chill, cool as a cucumber, not giving a fuck. And just, you know, like, did he put his napkin on his lap? There's so many questions I have to ask about this, about his last meal. It matters. Um, that, that he, he then went upstairs and went to sleep like nothing happened. He even said he slept peacefully. 
The next day, he set the thermostat to 50 degrees to keep the bodies from decomposing quickly. And my other question to the police is, when you first initially entered the house, wouldn't you have smelled the the bodies, you know? Because they were there for over a month, I believe, or just about a month. And that's that's five bodies in a house decomposing and I actually asked a friend this because she works in a morgue or worked in a morgue and she says you uh you start decomposing immediately so a, a body could smell eight hours after they 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 die essentially so you know given a month but then again there is no you know there's no rain in the house there's no natural elements so maybe that did you know slow the the process down of decomposing so many questions. Um, then he put all the lights on to make it look like people were home. And uh, John put classical music on to deter robbers. He was concerned that someone was going to rob the house. Let that sink in. He put the music and lights on because he was concerned that someone was going to rob the house all five dead uh, family members are in. It's like... Uh, you can't make this up. It's it just, it's strange to me. It's like, okay, even so, even if a robber came in, like, and you saw all these dead bodies, wouldn't you fucking be out? I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna go to your neighbor's house. And also, like, hypothetically, a robber did go there and rob. Wouldn't they get blamed for the rob? I mean, for the murders? Because they were there and didn't say anything. It's just, it's a whole fucking mess of questions. But, um, yeah, it's like, John, what do you have at your house that you don't want people to rob? Like, a whole collection of ceramic clowns? Like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, you killed your whole family and went on a run. It's like, oh, what did he bring? Did he bring one of his ceramic clowns? Actually, I have no idea if he does collect ceramic clowns. I'm just assuming a person that's overly religious like that and kills their family probably collects something like a ceramic clown i'm just speculating i don't know something odd um by the time his family was found um he already changed his name to robert p clark and he was living two thousand miles away in denver colorado so um oh i forgot to say this so 10 months after the, the murders, the house was set fire. And I think personally that somebody in the town did it because it was such a depressing scene to look at that this tragedy, you know, occurred in your town. And I think it might bring the value of all the houses in the neighborhood down because you have this unsolved murder and John is escaped and it's just a multiple thing. So I think it was an inside job with the town probably the mayor who who knows i'm just speculating um so john back to john he he you know worked various jobs in denver he worked um at a hotel as a cook and then he finally became an accountant what well, you know he already was an accountant but he got accounting job in denver um he was a new person he had no kids no wife no commitment he was a free man um, 15 years after the murders, he remarried a woman who this woman had no idea about anything, which is sad. Um, he had been on the FBI's most wanted list for years. He then, after Colorado, 
he moved to Richmond, Virginia with his new wife and got another job as an accountant. So 18 years later, police thought they have um, police thought he killed himself because, I mean, it was a dead end. Like, where is he? He's not turning up. He must have killed himself. So that's people were convinced that he killed himself. So in 1998, police approached America's Most Wanted. It was a top grossing show. I mean, everyone would watch it. And the producers declined to put the John List murder on because they thought he had killed himself. And, you know, the case has been dead for 18 years. So we're not interested. So the police kept pressing them and saying, can you please put this on your show? So finally, they aired the episode April in 1989. So because um, nobody knew what he looked like, the producers paid an artist to make a clay statue of him. Um, of his bust up and um, they aged him 18 years. They made his hair gray. They gave him wrinkles. They looked at photos of his parents and they did similar things, you know, how they looked like when they were aging and they changed his eyeglasses, which is interesting. Well, this worked because John's former neighbor in Denver was watching that episode. She knew it was him. I mean, she, she said it fit, the profile, everything, the glasses. I mean, it looked just like him. And they put a scar on the back of the statue and they showed he actually has a big scar on the back of his neck. And he, you know, they described his personality and she was like, this is 100% John List and called the police. So on June 1st, 1989, the police were sent to Bob Clark's house, a.k.a. John List in Richmond, Virginia. So John's John's new wife answered the door, shocked in disbelief, saying this this isn't true. I mean, you could even go ask him. He's at work. So the police were sent to John's um, work. So there, like I said, he was working as an uh, as an accountant. Um, could you imagine getting that knock on the door, like saying? Your husband is a murderer who killed his former family and wife. It's just that this poor woman's life changed dramatically after this. I I truly believe this woman had no idea who the fuck her husband was. I I genuinely think that. So police went to John's uh, or Bob Clark's job to question him. And he he denied being John List saying, I'm not John List. And police were like, we need to take you in for questioning and do your fingerprints. Well, guess what, y'all? Turns out it's John List. There's no Bob Clark. The fingerprints were identical to John List. So there you have it. That is the John List murders. I just think it is such a crazy case because it went unsolved for 18 years. People had no idea where this guy was, and they fucking finally found him because of that show, America's Most Wanted. Oh, and I forgot to mention that his new wife had was she was at a press conference and she was saying this is a mistake this has to be a mistake this is not john list this is my husband like this bitch where is she today you know did she get remarried i mean she's let me tell you she's going through it she's definitely going through it that is just so fucked up i can't imagine marrying someone to find out that it's just fucked up. Well, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the John List case. Oh, by the way, um, as a kid, my grandma used to make us watch America's Most Wanted. 
as kids. So um, she'd be like, guys, let's go watch a mystery. It's because she used to babysit us when our parents would go out and whatnot. And um, we used to watch the most fucked up shit. So I think that's what started me on true crime. And actually, all my sisters like true crime. So uh, thank you, Grandma, for fucking us up. Um, yeah, that's not something you want make a kid watch. I was probably like seven, eight, nine. Like, I was very young and I'm um, watching all about murder. So that's exactly why I became infatuated with true crime. Thanks, Grandma Lolly. Danny, what we want to know is why did you delete your Instagram? You know what? That's a very good question. You're just going to have to wait till next week's episode where I address that and I address why I deleted it and whatnot. I'm actually, I'm in the process of everything new, new Facebook. I got to delete that. It's just, I like new. This does sound really sketchy because a lot of people, when they get like facelifts or other shit done to their face, they tend to delete all the photos or dye their hair. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. I would own it if I got anything done. I would tell you if I got anything done. And I would tell you the price, honey, because that's how I roll. Um, so, like I said, stay tuned for next week's episode. Oh my god, my father and I got in a huge fight yesterday because we were talking and he goes, what are you doing today? I go, oh, just staying home. No, actually, I was going out to dinner with a friend, but I didn't, I didn't get to that yet. My dad goes, you have no friends up here. It's probably because you're so difficult and it was just so rude. And I was like, you know, maybe that's true. But, you know, I live in Westchester right now. All my friends are either in New York City or L.A. I sound like a jet setter, but I'm really not. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was annoyed that my father said that because it's kind of true. I'm just I literally sit in my room and do my podcast or hang out with my nieces and my sisters. And you know what? That's that's what I'm doing right now. Um but yeah, we're also in a pandemic, so it's not like I could fucking get brunch with these people. I don't know. I'm just rambling on, but this is bothering me. And you know what? You're This is my show, so you're going to sit here and listen to it. Oh, another thing. Um, I am going to New York for the week. I think I had mentioned that earlier. My friend's been telling me, like, you should stay at my place. I'm not going to be there. We get along best when we're not in our each other's presence. Sorry, Brian. It's true. We we fight all the time, but it's like we're it's literally like we're married because we don't have sex, and all we do is fight. We just bicker. So if that's not marriage. I don't know what is. So we're basically married. Um, but yeah, he's gonna be away, so I'm gonna water his plants. Hopefully, I don't fuck that up because I tend to kill plants. I didn't tell him that fun fact about me, so I will let you guys know if anything dies. But I'm excited. I'm just going to hang out with some friends, you know, outside or on their roofs. I'm going to drink some claws on the street and just have a good time. I'm excited. I just need a change of scenery. And I love New York City. I really do. Even though it's kind of bad right now, um, I'm excited to go. And also, I'm giving myself a curfew. Like 6 p.m. is my curfew in New York because, I mean, it's bad at night from what I hear especially in the Upper West Side. I mean, I'm going to be in Hell's Kitchen, but um, still, it's kind of the same area. And Hell's Kitchen used to be really bad. Ooh, that, that's a good idea. I should probably do some New York City episodes. I think I might do that soon because I'm very I'm very knowledgeable about New York City. And let me tell you, I, I, I know a lot about it. Um, but uh, 
yeah, so that's what's happening right now. Switching gears. Um, So I had two separate people message me and say, oh my God, I listen to you while I work out. And I just think it's so funny that my friend Jean, hey Jean, shout out to Jean. She listens to me while she runs in New York. And um, I don't know, I just giggle because I just picture her laughing while she's running. You know, me talking about dicks or whatnot. <laughs> and my friend's mom, I think I had mentioned this, my friend Rachel, her mother... Uh, listens to me on her bike outside so shout out to mrs oh i don't want to say her name on here because i don't want people knowing that she listens because she might she might be a person of the community she might be a church lady for all i know but um shout out to rachel's mom oh my god really quick my friend um i don't want to say her name but she she messaged me hey uh this is what she texted me i'm listening me and my mother are listening to your podcast while we were eating lunch and we listened to your ass eating segment it's really funny <laughs> bringing families together and she goes to her daughter she goes is he allowed to talk like that on here and she goes yes mom it's spotify you could do whatever you want um so shout out to her thank you for listening i'm gonna toot my own horn right now so get ready i'm about to toot every now and then you're allowed to toot you know, so I'm about to toot. So cover your ears if you don't want to hear me toot. Um, I've been getting real great feedback about the Halloween episodes. A lot of you like that spooky shit. So I think I'm going to give you guys more spooky shit, even though this is not a true crime podcast. It's it's pretty much everything. It's everything you ever wanted in a podcast. Just, I do everything. So um, we'll see what happens. So stay tuned, little D's. I love my little D's. You guys are great little D's. Um, stay tuned. I don't have a date planned next week, so hopefully I'll, I'll get a date so I can talk about it. I mean, I don't even I don't date for love anymore. I date for content. <laughs> that's that's where I am in my life. I'm like I don't care. I'll, I'll go on a date with you as long as I can talk about it, and as long as you give me good content. I don't you know? So we'll see. Um, big d i don't know if i like that anymore i i think i i think it ended so i gotta come up with a better ending if you have any suggestions let me know because i i think i'm gonna retire that it was fun while it lasted i did like it and it made me laugh but you know the show's growing i'm growing and i'll just give you one more big d